demons have to flee at his authority. We talked about that the other week, didn't we? Man, praise God. It's so good to see all of y'all. So good to see y'all. And I love seeing all the little babies everywhere. I just love little babies being in the house today. That's wonderful. And if you are an uh, Impact Kids, you're welcome to go back now and have a good time back there with uh, Ms. Grayson. You're all going to have a wonderful time today, and I'm excited about that. I'm excited about that. Man, what a wonderful time. We got a lot of good things coming up, don't we? I'm excited. I'm, I really want you all to be able to try to come to the, uh, um, starting next week, we'll have the, uh, the passcode for you at, at service, um, at guest services for the, the comedy show that's going to come up. And then on that Friday of the 29th, I'm so excited about us going to, to uh, Longleaf Park and having a good time. We're going to have a bouncy for the kids and some stuff for the adults. We're going to cook out burgers and hot dogs. And man, it's just going to be a wonderful, wonderful time. I'm so excited about that. And then, I'm, and then Sunday, I'm excited about every Sunday. Anybody excited about Sundays? I think it's the best day of the week, um, and I think it's just a wonderful time for us to get together and share and love one another. So excited that y'all are here today. Y'all are such a big deal to me and a bigger deal to God. Today, I want to talk about passion, right? You know, I'm the person to talk about passion, ain't I, right? <laughs> because a lot of people think I'm mad at them sometimes when I'm talking to them because I get so passionate about stuff. I'm like, I'm not mad at you, <laughs> you know? And, it's, and I get so passionate, and I use my, I, I use my hands, I'm very, very... Um, movie, movie with my hands. I'm very, whatever that word would be. Uh, I, I'm very animated. That's one of the words I'm trying to think about. I'm very animated, um, but I'm passionate about stuff. And today I want to talk about passion because I, I believe that because of the pandemic, um, it has caused a lot of us to lose our passion for life, for things, and and for God as well. And there was a time not too long ago that I that I felt like I had lost a little passion myself. I think we all go through. You're not human. Don't be so holy that you act and think like, you. oh, I'm always on fire for Jesus. No, you're not. You're not Jesus. So therefore, therefore you're going to get down. You're going to get defeated sometimes. You're going to go through a hard time. And so I want to talk about that today. Jesus, Jesus was passionate about doing what God called him to do. In, in John uh, 17, 18, he says, In the same way you gave me a mission in the world, I give them a mission in the world. God, God sent His Son for a mission to come, to have to come and, 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 and serve and love and care. And then he, he had to die and be buried and raised from the grave, right? And so that's what His mission was. And then He gave us a mission to go into the world and make disciples. Uh, bring people to Christ and then make disciples. Just don't get people saved and leave them there. We have to make disciples. That's an important part that a lot of, a lot of people in churches forget about. They, 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 they leave people to Christ and they're like, best of luck to you. Whereas we got to make disciples. We got to love on people, help people. That's why we have small groups so we can help train and talk and, and lead you. You know, Paul was very passionate about persecuting Christians, right? Before he became, uh, he, when he was first Saul, and then he became Paul after he saw the light, right? I mean, literally, literally saw the light. If you don't know that story, Saul went around persecuting and killing the Christians, and then all of a sudden, this light from heaven shone on him, and he was blind, and Ananias came and talked to him, and he got healed and became Paul, and then he ended up being so on fire for Jesus that he wrote two-thirds of the New Testament, you know? And he said, and this is that same person, he said in Acts 20, 24, what matters to me most is to finish what God started, the job the Master Jesus gave me of letting everyone I meet know about the incredible, extravagant generosity of God. That's so beautiful. You wouldn't know that that guy used to kill Christians, would you? You know, and here he is, and what happened was he had passion, and that passion that for, for evil, 
was just switched to passion for good. It's not when it's, that you don't have passion at all, and once you become a Christian, you, ha, you become passionate. You're not passionless and then passionate. You know, what it is is, is whatever you're about in your life, if you're a non-Christian, and, you're, and what your, you, that, that passion that you have can just be switched for passion for God. And I'm not saying that that's all you're passionate about. What you're not, you're not, you're not, you're not saying that I'm only passionate about God and nothing else. Nothing else. It's just everything that you're passionate about, God is involved in it. That you give God thanks for it. You give God praise for it. God is your center. He's, he's the center of attention. He's the one in your life. So everything that you do, you're going to have passion for it because you have passion for God. And God's going to give you, allow you to have passion for things that you do for Him. Second Timothy 1 and 6, Paul was talking to Timothy. And he said, fan the flames of the spiritual gift or the special gift of ministry that God um, gave you uh, to keep you ablaze. That God didn't give us a spirit of timidity or fear, but of power, love, and a sound mind. So it says, fan the flames of your gift. Sometimes, sometimes um, we get kind of get down in our spirit and we need to fan the flames a little bit and get the fire going again, right? See, Tim Timothy, he's talking to Timothy. Timothy had passion. Timothy was 20 years old, and he, he had a church of 10,000 people. Come on now. That's a, that, we're talking about a church plant. You're 20 years old, dealing with 10,000 people, trying to keep everybody um, in line and keep them going you know, the way that they should and helping direct and being the pastor of that. That's incredible. See, we, we, can't, we cannot be content with yesterday's blessings. Last, we've had some, one, the last two weeks have been really incredible in here. We've had some wonderful services. God blessed and moved. But we can't live today off of that. You can't put gas in your car, you know, two weeks ago and expect just to keep going on it forever. You got to refill right back up. And that's what we got to do. That's what Sundays are for. You know, yes, you read your Bible and your word during the week, but Sunday's like a big, it's like during the week you have unleaded, you know, but when you come on Sundays, it's like premium gas, right? That was really funny. <laughs> you don't have to laugh, but it was funny. <clears throat> so anyway, but, but you know, the, but, you know, last week's blessings is over, you know, and we got to know that, 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 that whenever, whatever happened last week, last month, and last year, and when you were younger in life, all that is over with. And to, to yesterday's success can be the most critical thing um, uh, um, that hurts tomorrow's blessings. Because why? Because we had a big victory. We, had a, we, had, we overcame. We had big blessings. We had a big event, and we were successful. You know, sometimes the, the, the worst uh, Sunday service we have sometimes is after we have a really huge event one day on a Saturday. Then the next day everybody's like, whew, we're done. No, we're not done. No, there's a whole lot more to do. We can't just have a big event and a big, a big thing in your life or maybe a spiritual battle that you fought and you overcome depression, you overcome anxiety, you've overcome fear, you've over overcome cancer, and then all of a sudden out of nowhere, all of a sudden, okay, whew, I did that. And then your passion just dies down. We've got to be careful that after a big event, after a big time in our life, and after a spiritual victory especially, all of a sudden we just, we just all of a sudden lose our passion because we have conquered. But, but see, in life, you don't conquer and prevail. You conquer and continue. Right? Because you just, can't, you just cannot just conquer and think, okay, I've done it. I've, I've beat the devil. Well, he's, he's, gonna get, he's like Rocky. He's going to get right back up. He's going to keep coming at you right um and we have to know that it's, and sometimes it's not like that sometimes it's not just over a, a one episode event sometimes it's just like the song says it's a slow fade and just over time life beats you life punches you in the gut so hard and you just you just 
end up just losing your passion. You lose that fire to serve God, to come to church, to do the things that God wants you to do because just over time, just life just sucks and it just, gets, it just keeps beating you down, beating you down and beating you down. And eventually you get to the place where you look around and you just don't have no passion. The word passion comes from the Greek word enthusios, which the root word of that is, is, is entheos, which means God within. Enthusios is where we get the word enthusiasm from, right? So passion is enthusiasm. Passion is God within us creating a fire in there for us. You all know passionate people. You know me and, 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 and Pastor Kevin, you know, we're, we're always passionate. Everything we do, we're like Energizer bunnies and stuff, you know. If you watch, if you, watch the, if you like television movies if you, around Christmas, um, you, you watch the elf. He's real, he's real excited about Christmas, right? You know, and, and candy canes and, and lollipops and stuff. You know, if you watch the water boy, you, you know that he was real passionate about football, right? And, and you know, and, and the thing is, is, we have passionate people in this world, but also in the Word of God, we had some passionate people too. And one of my favorite people in the whole Bible is David. I love David. I love the relationship that him and Jonathan have with each other. But David, you know, you know David's the one who fought Goliath and, and went out there, and he, all these big, strong, huge dudes, real tall, real big, real muscular, was out there, and they were terrified of Goliath. And little David, 13, 14 years old, walks out there and says, Who was this uncircumcised Philistine? Who was this punk boy over there? I mean, he was hardcore, man. He did not play around. He, he was like, Why, why are y'all just standing around? He's, he's, he's mocking our God. I'll take care of it. And he went out there with his little slingshot, and he, and he hit him and knocked, and knocked him out, and then cut his head off. With the same sword that he was going to use to kill him, he cut his head off and held it up. That's a whole other story about using the same weapon that the enemy uses against you for victory. But So here, here, here this is crazy. Do you know David, David got so excited in worship? Now listen, I forbid this in this house. He got so excited in worship that he danced naked. He got so excited, he had a priestly robe on that he danced out of his clothes. Let me tell you what, let me, you don't believe me? Watch this. 2 Samuel 6 and 14, don't even think about it. I will get you out of here in a heartbeat if you do that. And David danced before the ark of the Lord with all his might, wearing a priestly garment. And, um, but the ark of the, the Lord entered the city of David. Michael, this is his wife, the daughter of Saul, the king, looked down from her window. When she saw King David leaping and dancing before the Lord, after she, um, um, she was filled with contempt for him. Now, I want to stop right there, and, t and I'm going to finish and tell you the rest of the story there about what happened. But, but I want to stop right there and give you a little, little, little free nugget, a little, little nugget right here. There's going to be people that's going to look from their window, their high and mighty window at you, and look at you and be filled with contempt against you. Because you are doing what God wants you to do. You are worshiping God. You are in, in God's will. You're doing what God called you to do. And they're going to look up from their high window, up high and mighty, and look down at you and say, say you know what? And they're going to they're accuse you and ridicule you and put you down because of who you are in Christ. Amen? And then it goes on, 2 Samuel 6 and 20. Here it is. Michael, the, this is his wife, the, the daughter of Saul, came out to meet him. She said in disgust, how, dis uh, how distinguished the king of Israel looked today. Shamelessly exposing himself to the servant girls like any vulgar person would do. I mean, he was so excited. And here, here's, here's what his response was. 2 Samuel 6 and 22. Yes, I, and I am willing to look even more foolish on this, even, um, even if I'm humiliated in my own eyes. He's saying, listen, I'm going to worship my God. 
I'm going to praise my God, and I don't keep, care if people laugh at me. I don't care if people joke at me. I don't pe- care if people ridicule me. I don't care if people put me down. I'm going to magnify God. I'm going to serve God, and I'm going to praise God, and I'm going to give Him glory. You know, and that's what he did. He danced right out of it. He was just, he was just spinning and just dancing and stuff. And he probably had some undergarments on, but, but, but it said, she said that he exposed himself. He, in other words, he was, he was probably un, un, unprofessional looking, right, at, le- at the least. But he did not care what anybody thought. And that's a problem a lot of times in church. We're, we, 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 we're worried about what somebody else in this building will think about if we raise our hands, if we cry, if we come to the altar. We're worried about what our friends will say at school because of the fact, or on the job, because we go to church, because we love God. We've got to get to the place that we have passion, and we don't care what nobody thinks. And that's a hard thing to do. It's so easy to say it because you know what? I care sometimes, and I have to work on that. When someone don't like me, someone don't love me, someone, someone doesn't like what I do or say, it bothers me. It does. I'm human. I, 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 you cut, I bleed. I was getting out in the bushes yesterday. I bled three times because I didn't use gloves. The first time I was like, well, I probably need to get some gloves. I was like, well, I'm already bleeding now. Let me just go ahead. And then I bleed like three more times. And I'm like, God, I wish I had gloves on. And now I itch. But anyway. The second thing, blind Bartimaeus. I, call, I like to call him blind Bart. In, in Mark chapter 10, 47 through 49. When Bartimaeus heard that, that Jesus of Nazareth was nearby, he began to shout, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Be quiet, the people said around him. And they yelled at him. But he only shouted louder, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. When Jesus heard him, he stopped. And he said, tell him to come to me. Now this is so funny. You know how everybody don't like you until they realize that you know somebody and then once they know that you know somebody, they want to come around and be your friend? Okay, here's what he said. They said, they, so they looked at the blind man. Oh, cheer up, they said. <laughs> now their buddies would, cheer up. Come on, he's calling you. Now they're like, hey, I, I know him, Jesus. I, I, I'm right here with him. I'm going to help him get up and come to you, right? You know, and he got, and he got, he came and got, he got healed. But blind Bart was blind, and he didn't care what nobody thought. He needed to get with Jesus. He was desperate for Jesus, and he did what it took to grab a hold and say, you know what, I don't care what nobody thinks. I don't care if you tell me to shut up. I don't care if you tell me to stop. I don't care what you tell me. I'm going to worship God, and I'm going to go even harder after him. He had that spirit of David, didn't he? And then obviously, we all know, we've talked about this several times this year, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. You know, they, they said in Daniel 3, 17 and 18, if we're thrown in the blazing furnace, the God whom we serve is able to save us. He will rescue us from, his, from your power, your majesty. But here it is, my favorite, one of my favorite verses in the Bible. But even if he doesn't save us, we want to we make it clear to you, your majesty, that we will never serve your gods or worship the gold statue that you set up before us. I love it. You know what? You know, the enemy comes, oh, you, this is going to happen. Look here, look here, Satan. If, if I get what I want or if I don't get what I want, it does not matter. If I get healed, if I don't get healed, if I'm free or not, well, it does not matter. I'm not going to serve you. I'm going to serve God. And I want to make it very clear to you that I serve Jesus Christ. Peter, Peter is a crazy dude too, man. It's all about passion. You know, if you, watch, if you watch the Chosen movie, they got season two out, and I'm excited to start watching that. But, you know, you know he, Peter's the same guy who walked on water. Whenever Jesus called him out, he just jumped out of the boat and walked on water. He's the same guy that, that, that cut the man's ear off, right? Whenever, whenever they came to take Jesus, he got mad at the, 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 uh, the soldier and cut his ear off with his sword. 
Here you go. It says in Matthew chapter 26 and 34, Jesus replied, I tell you the truth, Peter, this very night before the rooster crows, you will deny me three times um, that you don't even know me. And he's like, no, not me, Jesus. No, not me. In verse 50, he tries to show him that he wasn't going to deny him. He cuts the ear off of that soldier. But in verse 70, he denied Christ. We've got to be careful. Even we that are passionate, if we allow the enemy to come in and bring fear into our life, if we allow the enemy to come in and make us, make us feel, you know, put, push us down because of us serving God, we can allow friends and, and, and enemies to make us turn against God if we're not careful. There's many more in the Bible. You got Ruth, you got Silas, when Paul and Silas were in the jail and they, 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 they rocked the jailhouse, right? You got Timothy, Noah. Noah built an ark and there wasn't even a such thing as rain at the time. All the water came up from the bottom of the earth. Noah was like, I'm building an ark. That's passionate. You got Moses, you got Job who lost everything. He lost everything he had. And he said, naked I came in this world and naked I'll leave. Blessed be the name of the Lord. It does not matter what happens to me, I'm going to serve my God. Now, there are some passions. I'm sorry. There are some dangers to being passionate as well. Unbridled passion is dangerous. We can get an attitude or show we can become dis, dis, disrespectful or aggressive. Have you ever been somebody, met somebody, they were so passionate about something that they had an attitude about it? That they were so passionate that they, they were disrespectful and almost aggressive to you? You know, they were just like, ugh, you know. They wanted you to do what they wanted to do. And they were so passionate because they knew. And you need to know. So number two, we, 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 we sometimes when we get passionate, we feel invincible in our passion. Kind of like Peter. I, I'm going to cut your ear off. They don't matter. Peter was ready to fight at a drop of a hat. Anything that happened to Jesus, he was ready to fight. And sometimes in our passion, we can become invinci feel, feel invincible. But the thing is, is we've got to realize that we are nothing but weak human flesh. And without Christ, we are nothing. And we can't, we can't mistake our passion for po power that we own. Sometimes you become arrogant. You ever met somebody that was so passionate about it, about something in their life they were telling you, telling you about, and, and you, they, they actually made you feel stupid because of the way they were, they were like, you just like, you don't know this? This is, this is A.B., Jesus came and died, you don't know the gospel? Well, I don't really don't know the Bible that much. You should know this. And it just makes you feel defeated, and that's not God. That's not the passion God wants us to have. Passion makes people greedy. 1 Samuel 8 and 20 through 22, he says, We want to be like the other nations around us. Our king will, be, will, be, will judge us as, we lead us in the, as he leads us in the battle. So Samuel repeated to the Lord what the people had said, and the Lord replied, Do as they say, give them a king. They'll find, I love that. God, Jesus, God's like, okay, whatever. Let them have it. If that's what they want so bad, give it to them. So, and sometimes, just know, if you want something so bad in your life, sometimes God will let you have it just to show you that's not what you need. And then Samuel agreed and sent the people home. And, and then Saul became king, and they had king. They wanted a king so bad, and so they got greedy, and they wanted, everybody else has got it, I, we want it too. See, we, and sometimes we think that we deserve, we deserve it because I'm a good person. And we feel like, I own this passion, I own the power, you know. And, and just like Samson. Samson thought that he could shake his head at any time and, and tear down the walls and beat a thousand Philistines and all he wanted. And he went one day and he laid his, his head down in the lap of Delilah. She cut his hair where his strength lied. And then all of a sudden he went and shook his head to tear down the walls and nothing happened because the power of God had left him. Don't ever think that you own something because God could take it from you just like that. 
That's why when someone comes, many people's gotten healed here in our house. Many people have got healed, delivered. Many people's got saved. Many people's got touched, cancer, heart stuff, anxiety, all this stuff. But I will never say that I have the power because it's not me. And God can show me that. I am just a vessel. I'm a conduit. He flows through me, and he flows through you. We are the same. You just got to be that willing vessel. But I can never I can never say, well, I tell you what, man, I got the power and the anointing of God. I'll preach for you. I'll bring the house. It's not me. If God doesn't, just like that song, if God doesn't show up, I'm nothing. Matter of fact, if God doesn't show up, I'm sitting back down. Because I'm not going to get up here and run my mouth without, without God speaking through me and pouring through me. You can know that your passion isn't always everyone else's passion. You know, we, we got, you know, we got Don, Don Weber, and he watches online a, a lot. He, you know, he lives in Kenya now. And you know, his passion is missions, but it's not everybody's passion. You know, sex trafficking is a big thing, and we know how horrible that is. And people who are, are passionate about that, that's wonderful, but, but that's not everybody's passion. You know, homelessness is a big, a big problem. You know, uh, mental health is a big, huge problem. Abortion is a big problem. Domestic violence. Domestic violence is a huge problem. Mental health, all these things are, but the thing is, is you may be passionate about that, but everybody else is not. And so when you go, you can't get mad at somebody for not being mad, not being passionate about what you're passionate about. Okay? Now, also, even though you're passionate about something, you're passionate about kingdom impact, right? But, and you go somewhere else and somebody else is passionate about their church. You can't get mad about them for not being passionate about what you're passionate about. And also, you don't need to lose your passion or let it water down your passion because they're not passionate about what you are, right? So we've got to be careful with that. We've got to understand just because someone is not excited as we are that we do not need to lose our passion and we don't need to push our passion. We need, what we need to do is try to give our passion, especially when it comes to Christ. Do what we can through Christ to love others and share that passion with them, and hopefully a fire will ignite. Who was the most passionate person? Jesus. He laid down his life. He gave his life for you and for me. John 3, 16, right? God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son to whosoever believeth in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. We need a passion like Jesus did. Jesus was passionate. He was a quiet man. He was. But he also went into the temple and turned over tables, too. I mean, he had passion in him. Did you know 75%, 75 of presidents graduated in the lower half of their class? Of presidents. 50% of CEOs today graduated with a C average. Well, what's the difference between them and the people who made A's? Passion. They had a passion. I'm not going to get down because I didn't do well. I want to be a leader. I'm going to be a leader. I'm going to study to be a leader, and I'm, I'm going to do what I can. And they, they pushed, and their, their passion pushed them to, to where they are today because they had a passion and a desire to do that. Romans 12 and 11 tells us don't, not to burn out, but to keep ourselves fueled and aflame. I want to tell you three passion boosters, and I'll be done. Number one. Whenever, whenever, you, whenever you have passion, it stirs up the power within you. It stirs up the power within you. See, the devil wants to weaken you, but passion strengthens you, right? See, if, if you hang out with a rock collector, you're going to end up liking rocks. You may not right now, but if you hang around someone that's passionate about that, you eventually will. If you hang around with someone who fishes all the time, you're going to end up liking fishermen. 
or fishing. You know, if, if you like sports and you hang around with your best friend and they like sports, you're going to end up, if you hang around long enough, you, you, just like your best friend. Y'all, you know, Sydney, and, Sydney and John, all their best friends pretty much like a lot of the same things. Why? Because they're around each other and their passions collide and join with one another and they begin to like the same thing. If you hang out with me, you, you're going you're to be passionate about Jesus. You're going to be passionate about Kingdom Impact. You're going to be passionate about bacon and Dunkin' Donuts coffee. If you hang around me enough, because we're going to go get it. We're going to go do it. We're going to eat it. You know, but if you hang around a Christian long enough, you're going to be passionate about Jesus. So I want to ask you, before I get to my, one of my second points, is when people, are around, when people are around me, that's what they get passionate about. So when people are around you, what do you create passion in them about? I don't want you to say it out loud, but I want you to think about it. When people hang out with you, what are they more passionate about? Right? Um, and people who are passionate will take risk. If you have someone who is an animal lover and they love animals, and they see an animal that is trapped, that, they know the animal might bite them, but they're going to go over there and try to untrap that animal because they're passionate about it. Right? You, you do stuff like that. You, you, whenever you have, when you have a situation that, you're, that you're, you're worried about, somebody that you love, your spouse, your children, if they were in danger, you may know, I'm going to lose that fight, but they're not going to take my babies. And you're going to go over there, and you may lose a fight, but you're going to fight for them kids. Right? That's passion. That's passion. Passion is contagious. I know some pastors that, said, that say, I want passionate pastors in my church. They said, matter of fact, I had one of them that said that I had two people that were really, really, really good at what they do. They were super good at what they did, but they walked around all the time depressed, so I fired them. There wasn't nothing wrong. They just, they just, they just all the time, it was all poor. They were just pitiful me. They, it was all about them. It wasn't about nobody else. And he says, I don't need to. I'd rather have people who are not as good but are passionate than people who are walking around and they're not good. They don't care. They're just, they're just la-da-da-da-da, and they're not passionate, and they're just depressed all the time. So the thing is, is you, if, if you're not passionate about Kingdom Impact, who's going to be passionate? If people in this room and online, if y'all aren't passionate about Kingdom Impact, who, who, just me, just me? How do you grow a church like that? If you're not passionate about Jesus, who's going to be passionate about it? We have to have that passion. We have to become passionate about things. And whenever you become, whenever you are infected in a positive way, then you will return thanks to that. For instance, um, you know, I had someone one time that, that was in, had to stay in a Ronald McDonald house, um, you know, up there in, I think it was Duke or Chapel Hill. And I went and visited with them, and I was there, and man, they were, it was amazing. They fed them. They had, it was a free place. It was Ronald McDonald house. It was a wonderful time. They didn't have the money to stay in a motel for three weeks, and so I went. It was amazing. So that impacted me in such a way that they took care of my families at, from my church at that time. After that, for a while, whenever I went to the, when I went to McDonald's, I would put, I would put coins in that little Ronald McDonald house. I never did that before. I just saw a little, little house there. I was Ronald McDonald House. But when it impacted you, you give to what impacts you. That's what I was doing. It was impacting me, so I gave to that. I don't know more because I don't go to McDonald's much. Um, I go to Bojangles. But anyway, so... <laughs> so but the thing is, is when passion gets together, 
You know, and I, I know we can't, we can't give to everybody and everything. I, you know, I, I, I tried it one time, and I tried to, you know, adopt the little kids overseas and do that, and I tried to give to all these, these things, and I, you just can't. You've got to choose what you give to and give wholeheartedly to that and say, here's what I'm supporting, and then know that somebody else is giving to this and somebody else is giving to this, and we hopefully will all succeed together. But you can never start a fire um, in somebody else unless you're on fire yourself. And whenever you talk to someone, hopefully your passion shines through about what you're passionate about. You know, when you, when you talk to somebody, and every time they talk about the same thing, that's what they're passionate about. When you talk to somebody, and that whatever they talk the most about in the conversation, that's what they're passionate about. That's what's bothering them or what have you. The more passion that you have, the, the more potent the fire. The more passion you have, the more powerful the prayer. The, 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 the effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much that comes from passion each of us have passion in us but the devil wants to pollute and dilute your passion he wants to, to, to pour water all over your, your fire and try to put it out he wants to, he wants to, to dilute and, and, and uh, pollute it he wants to do that by have, trying to get you angry trying to get you to sin trying to get you to have unforgiveness and try for you to, to just to have all these issues. You know, unforgiveness is so huge. And, oh, man, I, I posted again the other day um, I was on, on, on my TikTok, and I posted about unforgiveness, about the power of unforgiveness. Man, and I, I had been getting hardly no views for a little bit. And then all of a sudden I posted out about, man, it came out of the woodworks talking to me about unforgiveness. Pastor, how long does it take, Pastor, to forgive somebody? What do I do? I mean, just, just all these questions and all this stuff because everybody's got it in their life, and everybody's trying to figure out how to get over it. And, he want, and the enemy wants to divert your attention to something else. He don't care if you're a Christian. His job is let you stay a Christian, but try to, to take your attention to the left, to the to right, to pervert and divert your attention to other things, to where other things become more important to you, where you put church aside. You put reading the Bible and prayer aside, and you, you end up losing yourself in that. See, passion is often alluded to as a raging fire. Fire, fire accurately describes passion. On one hand, fire can be used constructively to help, to help situations, if it's contained, to ignite other fires. If you have a match, if, you, if it's very contained, you can light another fire with, with fire, right? But also, did you know that during Desert Storm, Saddam Hussein had lit many oil wells on fire, and, the, and, the wa and water, would, it was so hot, water would not put it out. So what they did was they, they, they took these big, huge sticks of dynamite and threw these big sticks of dynamite in them oil wells and created another fire. That other big, huge fire sucked all the oxygen out of the first fire and caused it to deplete and stop, and then they could control the dynamite fire. It was amazing how that happened. And, and luckily we got a, 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 a fireman back here. We got the captain back there. He's going to help us out with that if we ever have a fire here. He's running the sound in case there's a fire in there. But anyway, number two, I got to go. There's two more, and these are, these are really short. Passion stirs up the love of God in you. Revelations 2 and 2. I see what you've done, your hard work, your refusal to quit. I know you can't stomach evil that you weed out uh, the apostolic um, pretenders. I know your persistence, your courage in my cause that, you, that will never wear out. Courage in the cause that will never wear out. See, that, that God, God cares. It will stir up fire in us. It will, it will stir up the love of God in us. 
whenever we, whenever we are passionate, it just stirs up all kind of wonderful things in our heart and, and stuff like that. And so it says, God says your, your calls will never worn out. I'll, I'll tell you right now, and a lot of people may disagree with this, and that's okay. Pastor Doug's personal opinion, and I try not to say this too much, but, I, but this is what I believe, that, that, that uh, burnout does not exist in the right context. When God calls you, because let me tell you why. You may get down, you may get out, you need, may, may need a break, and I have been down, out, and needed a break in ministry. But when you're doing what God calls you to do, you never burn out. When people say they're burnout, it means they're doing things they're not called to or they're doing things they don't need to be doing. See what I'm saying? It's, it's, it's so tr- when you're doing God's, no, you, don't, you don't really read a lot in the Word of God about people, well, I'm just ready to quit ministry. You know, if, if you're doing the wrong ministry, yes. If you're doing what God called you to do and you're trying to do 14 other things, yes. And you're going to get burned out by that. But you're never going to get burned out by doing what God's called you to do. God's calling on your life is irrevocable. He's going to give you the power and the strength. Now, even pastoring. You know, I, I, may, I may quit pastoring one day when I'm 111 years old. You know, but I'm not going to quit ministry. Because I'm called to ministry. I'm called to, to, to be, to be I'll, I will pastor people, maybe one-on-one, but I not, may not pastor a church at that time. So that's what I'm saying. And so when you're doing what God's called you to do, you don't have to worry about it. You, like I said, you may need a break. You may need time out. You may need, you may need a little bit of breather room, but you, you, won't, you won't burn out on it. See, passion also stirs up self-discipline. You got, you got uh, Tim Tebow and Michael Jordan and Kobe Bryant and Dak Prescott. Nobody ever had to ask them, hey, you going to go to practice today? No, they were always at practice. You know, Stephen, um, Stephen Curry, man, the greatest three-point player, um, shooter ever. Um, his coach said, Steph Curry is every day, whenever, whenever the team goes out on the court to go practice every day, Stephen Curry is already out there and, and has already shot at least 103 pointers before anybody else even gets on the court. See, that's passion. That's why he's the best, because he has a passion about it, and he wants to be the best, and so he does that. You know, we, 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 whenever we get passionate about God, it's not a burden to come to church on Sundays. It's not a burden to read your Bible. It's not a burden to serve at church. It's not a burden to witness at work. It's not a burden to help fundraise or to pray or to do outreach or to give in your tithes and offerings. It's not a burden for any of that because you're passionate about it. You know? You, you, nobody ever, you never have to ask anybody, hey, you want to pay, the, you wanna pay the, the heat bill this week or not? No, they're passionate about being cool inside or, or warm inside during the winter. So everybody's passionate about that, so they do that. So when you're passionate about something, you will do it. And it should never be a burden. And God can give you that passion if you don't have it. If you're called to something, do it with joy. Do it with joy. Here, I'm here at the very end. Let me read a couple of scriptures to you and I'll be done. Psalm 69 and 9 in the New Living Translation says, Passion for your house has consumed me. And it insults the and and the insults of those who insult you have fallen on me. The passion translation is so funny. It's a passion translation. I'm talking about passion today. It's, it's a it's a it's a translation that they try to in, invert the passion behind the, the writer. And it says, "My love for you has um, it, my love for you has my heart on fire." My passion for your house consumes me. Nothing will turn me away, even though I endure all the insults of those who insult you. I want you to know, whenever you take on the passion of God, people who hate God are going to hate you. And you've got to be okay with that. And you've got to love them anyway. 
And you've got to know that, and that's what David was saying. Uh, the, my, la my last little quote here, and I'm done. Larry Crabb, if you go ahead and play something. Larry Crabb in, in, in the book Finding God. He said, the core problem is not that we're too passionate about bad things, but it's that we are not passionate enough about good things. See, I guarantee you, everybody in this room, you got some passion for God, some higher level or not. I want to ask you today, where is your passion meter for God today? Not out loud, just think about it privately. It's a private thing. And if you would say, man, I'm about 20%, well, man, I, I just pray that you begin to pray and ask God to increase that passion in you. Ask God to help you. If you're about even 50%, if you're, if you're, if, you know what? We all need to pray about it, and, if we're, and we can't really get to 100, but until we get to 100, we all need to ask God to increase our passion level. Right? We can't get there. So which means you got to always pray. God, increase my passion for you. Increase the fire in me. That when I'm walking around, that I'm walking around, God, that, 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 just, that just, just, just little droplets of liquid fire would just go around and people would feel. You ever walked in a room and you just felt that God was in the house with them? You ever walk, spent time with somebody and you just felt the presence of God? That's what I want. I want every time people talk to me to feel the Spirit of God. And for that to happen, I've got to be in the right mind and right frame. I've got to be um, in, um, in, in season and out of season. I've got to be ready. I've got to be right. And I'm not always there. So I have to pray, God, help me, God, because I get down sometimes. I get depressed sometimes. I get defeated sometimes, God, because of situations. So God, help me to be able to have the passion that I need as a pastor to pastor everyone because I want to light a fire in you. That's my, that's my goal on Sundays. It's to light a fire in you so you can go out and light a fire to the world. I want you to do that. I want you to go out in this world, and I want you to succeed. I want you to have a, a passion for your job. I want you to have a passion for your family. I want you to have a passion for Kingdom Impact. I want you to have a passion to succeed in your own life as a Christian. And I want you to have a passion to make it to heaven. Would you bow your head and close your eyes, please, real fast? I'd like to ask right now, is there anybody here today that say, I have, I have had zero passion I've had more passion for the world than I have for God because I'm not even serving God, but I want to accept Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior. I ask you all this is about every week. Is there anybody in here at all that raised their hands and say, hey, Pastor, like, I just want to receive Christ as my Lord and Savior. I want to be a Christian. I want to accept Christ. I want to try this. I, I'm, I'm interested in all this, and I want to try it. I may not be perfect, but I want to try it. Anybody at all just want to receive Christ? And say, hey, I want to just come back to God, and I want to receive Christ. Okay. Who would say, Pastor Doug, I don't have the passion that I need. I'm a Christian. I got passion. But I pray that God will give me more passion for him than I have right now. Anybody would raise your hand for that? Yes, 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 yes. God, increase your passion. Yes. Father, in the name of Jesus, God, I pray that you lose your passion upon us today. Lord, help us, God. Lord, increase our meter of passion in our lives to be more on fire for you through when we read our Bible, through when we pray, when we come on Sundays, when we go to small groups. God, wherever, whatever we're doing, help us to increase our passion level. That when we're around people, they would feel encouraged, they would feel joy, they would feel peaceful. They would feel, God, that we have that passion for you, that I have passion every Sunday to be in the house of God. And when I'm not there, I wish I was. 
And bless those people online that are not able to come yet, God. I know they wish they were here, God, but I thank you for their, their commitments and saying, I want to be in the house of God so bad, I at least have to watch it online because I just can't miss the messages that God has for me. And I believe this is a message for you. God gave me this message for you today to tell you, up your passion level. It's time for you to step up and be more passionate about God and be more passionate about being in the house of God and be more passionate about who God is. Be more passionate about reading your word as much as you can and praying. God wants you to step it up. Pastor Doug, you're pointing a finger, ain't you? Listen, God pointed a finger at me all week long as I studied this message. And I've been praying for God to make me more passionate all week long. I will never ask you something that God hasn't dealt with me about. Before I preach a message any week, God has dealt with me with that message already. So I've already been beat up from the floor up. Today, I'm asking you to step up and be more passionate. There's people out in that world that need us, and they don't want to walk, walk around with a bunch of de depressed Christians. Now, I know there's mental health, and I'm not talking about that. That, that, is, that is clinical, and God, I'm praying that God heals us all of that if anybody has those situations. But I'm, I'm just talking about just on a normal day. People want to go around, and they want to walk around and be around people and friends that are victorious, that are triumphant, and that are overcomers and that walk in victory, and that have passion for God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. God, I pray blessings over everybody here today. I pray they have a wonderful, passionate week in you, God. God, I pray that you increase the fire in their heart. I pray that you turn up the heat in their lives. And God, that everywhere they go, they share that, that life and love with everyone else they meet. God bless you today, Father. We worship you, sir. Hallelujah. Amen and amen. Praise God. Amen. Everybody full of passion now? <laughs> amen. Well, don't worry if you're not. Keep pushing. Keep praying. And you will be. God bless you and have a wonderful week. I love you guys. And I'll talk to you soon. Amen.